Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the Sermon on the Mount to Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, which reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Once you choose the narrow gate and begin your journey on the narrow way to life, there are numerous enemies, and they are shrewd. They are called false prophets. A true prophet is God's mouthpiece, chosen and equipped by God to bring his message to people. A false prophet pretends to speak for God, but is actually a self-appointed mouthpiece for his or her own message. False prophets are people who exert spiritual influence on people contrary to God's way. The New Testament speaks of false prophets, false brothers, false apostles, false teachers, false speakers, false witnesses, and false Christs. Satan counterfeits everything good from God, and he infiltrates every group where God is at work. Everything Satan does is deceitful. God uses his spokesman. Satan counters with false prophets. Please listen to Pastor Jim's message entitled, Beware of Wolves. As a matter of fact, I would suggest to you more important because there are more ways for more false prophets to speak more lies than there were back then. How might you spot a false prophet today? Well, here comes another list. Some things you can look for that should set off spiritual warning signs in your mind immediately. Some things to beware of. And again, these are general. It's not an exhaustive list of everything that a false prophet might do. And not every one of these characteristics applies to every ravenous wolf in sheep's clothing. But it isn't that hard to recognize some of these things. What are some of the signs of a false prophet? Well, above and beyond everything, aberrant teaching. That's why it's so important to know what the Bible teaches. You know, the standing illustration, if somebody is going to work in a, in a bank and you need to teach them how to recognize uh, counterfeit money, they train them to be very familiar with the real thing. So that when they feel a counterfeit, they say, oh, wait a second, something's not right there. That's why it's so crucial to teach sound doctrine, because people veer from it. When somebody comes along and finds the secret or the key to spiritual life, they come up with a new standard for spiritual vitality or a, a, a new ritual to keep or um, the new, I mean, some of them go so far as the, the right diet to eat in order to, to be spiritual. Uh, I remember my first year of seminary, I didn't know anything about it, so I decided I'd write a, a paper to find out a little bit about, um, about um, Christian science. 
And so I went to the Christian Science Reading Room. I got some material, and I, and I looked up what they had, and I found out that that famous book written by Mary Baker Eddy. It's called Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, and it's singular key. And then when you look at it, it's a commentary on the first few chapters of the Bible and the last few chapters of the Bible, completely twisted, muddled, and turned into a bunch of mystical mumbo-jumbo and ignoring everything in between. And that's the key. If you're going to understand the Scripture, here's the key. Nobody knew this until I came along. Those poor people who for the first 18 centuries of the church couldn't possibly find the key. How are they going to get in the door? That's so incredibly arrogant. I can't believe anybody would follow it, but thousands, countless thousands have. There's aberrant teaching. Another characteristic sometimes is is not so much completely aberrant teaching as it is uh, favorite doctrines. There's a lot of different concept or different uh, categories of theology, but when somebody picks up one doctrine and rides off into the sunset to the exclusion of all others, that becomes a problem. People will ignore um, parts of the, of the Bible or they say this is something new that all the theolog- theologians and exegetes all missed up until now. And oh, I feel so bad for the people in, in grandma and grandpa's generation who, who didn't have this. Another characteristic of false teachers is sheep stealing, uh, pulling people away from a local church to be part of an elite group. Here's the tip. If you're listening to somebody on YouTube, television, radio, reading a book, and that person purports to be telling you the Word of God, if that person does not support and encourage your greater and greater commitment and involvement in your local church, turn them off. Close the book. Throw it away. Don't re-gift it because that's sheep stealing. The true um, shepherds of the flock encourage the sheep to participate with the flock and to hear the voice of the shepherd through his word. Another manifestation is often separatism, where they, they go beyond the right kind of separatism. You are to be separate from sin. That's, that's holiness, that's sanctification. But they will promote separating people from other believers. You should only read certain books that we publish and tell you about. Or you should only read a certain translation of the Bible. You should not interact with or cooperate with other Christians in in any other part of, of the flock of God. Something else to run away from. Here's another one, and this one is most popular today. Saying whatever is popular. Uh, Trying to accommodate the the spirit of the age instead of pleasing God. Uh, The Apostle Paul referred to it as a great metaphor, ear-tickling. And we'll circle around to that before we finish this morning. Some of the others compromise on sin. They ignore certain sins or they de-emphasize guilt over sin. 
I used to hear a guy on the radio in my, in my commute years ago who, uh, who said, and I don't know why I kept listening, but he was on at the right time to, for me to be in the car, and, and he, just, he just blatantly said, if anybody ever tells you that as a Christian, when you sin, you should confess your sins and repent, they're teaching you a false gospel. Really? That's not what the Bible says, not even, not even close or some of them will excuse sins by blaming sins on parents or society or uh, the devil as if it's not you that's individually responsible. There's another category of false prophets that have a serious preoccupation with prophecy as if everything that you should know and everything you should, you should deal with has to do with end times stuff. Uh, or, or setting dates, or speculating about when uh, prophecy is going to be fulfilled, or a big emphasis on miracles. That's a great big one today, uh, that people claiming to do resurrections and all sorts of things, or big preoccupation with demons. We'll um, follow up a little bit with that when we get to chapter 7, verse 22 next time. Those flashy attention-getting ministries are the home of false doctrine. Always that's the case. As I say, more about that in our final visit to the Sermon on the Mount. Do you get the point? The command is, beware. And then what does Jesus say in verse 16? You will know them by their fruits. Then He talks about trees and thistles and thorns and all that. And then He says, so then you will know them by their fruits. Fruits. Fruits are the product of a person's conduct and teaching. It, it, fruit is what the life produces. And remember, present tense, ongoing. What's the, what's the overall long-term result here? Pay attention to how someone lives, not just what they say. They might quote the Bible. They might say some nice-sounding things, but... What is the outcome of the teaching? Does it lead people to the cross? Does it focus on the the sin problem that we have and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is the, the good news that answers the bad news of this horrible sin problem? Or does it point them to, well, anything else? Now, false prophets have always been a problem. They were there in the Old Testament. Peter warned. Just as there were false prophets in the Old Testament, there will be false teachers among you. He was right. Listen to um, what, what, Paul's dealt, what Paul dealt with in the book of Acts and in all of his, in all of his writings. They've always been around throughout church history, but the influence of false teachers skyrocketed with the advent of the printing press. Now, that was also a good thing for the gospel. Get the Bible into the language of the people and duplicate it. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. But Satan, he always counterfeits. He always mimics and introduces his poison. Eventually, radio greatly enhanced the ability of false prophets to spread their spiritual poison. Then along came TV, goes further, goes faster. 
And now that we have the internet, uh, the floodgates are wide open. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.